Welcome everyone to the Almost Cancelled TV News Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Once again, I'm still here. We're going to talk about renewals, a fair number of them this week, and cancellations, of which there's even more. I'm not going to lie, it's a bloodbath. It's an actual bloodbath this week, so brace yourselves. Uh, but we got new shows ordered to series as well, a couple premiere dates, trailers, that kind of thing. Uh, That's what we typically talk about on this show, but it is actually the upfront season. Now, I should point out before we get into this that we are recording this a day earlier than normal. It is Thursday night at the time of recording, meaning there will be more news on Friday that will happen before this goes out on Saturday. Don't worry, we'll cover it next week's episode. Uh, this was the day we had to record it, so you just have to kind of accept that there could be a couple things that will be a week old by the time we get to it next week. Um, it's also worth mentioning that as well, because I think this weekend might be when they actually start announcing a lot more series orders and things like that. So there could be quite a lot of news in the next few days. Uh, I should prep for a big one next week. Very possibly, but a lot of the cancellations were this week. So uh, we're very good to it. I, mean, I don't think we'll get any from Fox, so Fox may have some cancellations and stuff next week, but... I don't even know what shows Fox have right now. Yeah. Now, I actually, instead of having all my tabs open for these, I just made a list in a Word doc for all the renewals and cancellations because there was too many of them. It was just too many tabs. Like So I just have a list. I don't actually know what all these shows are. That's okay. <laughs> We're going to go through. Okay, do your job. <laughs> right. Uh, what I have noted down, though, is what season has been renewed for or how many seasons there were of the shows that have been cancelled. Well, that's better than nothing, I suppose. Okay. Um, we'll start with renewals. We'll start with the, I mean, good news. I get. I mean, when you hear what your they mileage, are, your mileage may vary. Yeah, when you hear what they are, you may not actually think it's good news. I mean, uh, how, how many are CBS shows? Uh, I have three CBS shows in the renewals. That's the first three I'm going to tell you about. Oh, starting off strong. So if you remember last week, uh, they renewed the Equalizer for two seasons. I have three CBS shows here. All of which have been renewed for two seasons each. Oh, it's that thing this year, apparently. Apparently. So, yeah, Star Wars renewals. CBS have renewed FBI for seasons five and six. That's a, that's a generic CBS show, I'm sure. They've also renewed FBI Most Wanted for seasons four and five. Please tell me there's not another FBI show. <laughs> and they have also renewed FBI International for seasons two and three. <laughs> FBI International. <laughs> I thought that was the CIA, but you know what? <laughs> but yeah, at that point, it's not the FBI, is it? <laughs> well, no, because they still go... Like, the FBI, like, the most wanted list still has international names on it, so... Yeah, but that's their working with Unipol, I would assume, usually. But, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know the specifics ins and outs, but... I admit. FBI uh, International is Unipol, but we couldn't use that name. Hmm. I, I, I bet there's a FBI division in the show that is tasked with this, this role. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I bet, bet there is. Um, yeah, talk about an all-in in a franchise. That's So a season five and a six, a season four and a five, and a season two and a three. That's a lot of one thing. Yeah. All the FBI in the world. It's a lot of one thing. 
Um, NBC, a couple of renewals from them. We got uh, Grand Crew, which has been renewed for season two. It's a comedy. Okay. Young Rock's been renewed for season three. Okay. Also comedy. American Auto, also comedy, renewed for season two. And then similar to CBS's list, <laughs> see, uh, NBC have also renewed Law and Order for season 22. Mm-hmm. They have review- renewed Law and Order Organized Crime for Season 3, and this is not news this week, but I'll just also tack on here. They had already renewed Law and Order SVU for Season 24. And if you're wondering to yourself, that's funny, how is Law and Order SVU a higher number than Law and Order? Yeah. Because that's, that's obviously a spin-off of Law and Order. Well, One would a, assume. There's a reason for it. I didn't know this, but... Uh, Lord Order actually got cancelled like a decade ago, and they brought it back like a couple like last year for season twenty one. Huh, okay, <laughs> so it was actually off for like a long time. So SVU legitimately just existed on its own for like nearly a decade, and then the original show came back, and now they're kind of close in numbering. How weird! Yeah, but hey, so you got three Law and Order shows at NBC, you got three FBI shows in CBS. <laughs> I mean, old people are living it up. Uh, they are, they're loving it. Uh, CW renewed All-American Homecoming for season two, which is a spin-off of All-American. That, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, which is notable, given all of the other CW things we're going to talk about are in the other section. <laughs> uh, Amazon renewed Upload for season three. Which was the sort of the light comedy about the the sort of online afterlife kind of thing, and then stars renewed Shining Veil for season two. That is all the renewals I have for you in front of me. I have no idea what that is. Or do, not do I, I think. But hey, cancellations though. This was a bloodbath. It's spicy. And what's notable is most of these were announced today. This was like this is like the most cancellation stories I've ever seen in a single day. Hmm. So CBS, to start with, they cancelled Magnum P.I., which just is wrapping up its fourth season. About time. They've cancelled How We Roll, which I think is a comedy that they had on this season. Uh, It's just one season. Uh, They cancelled Be Positive after two seasons, also a comedy. Uh, They cancelled The United States of Al, also a comedy. I think that's three seasons. I vaguely remember that one. And they cancelled Good Sam, which just had one season. And I'm not even familiar with that one. But, uh, so yeah, they, they cancelled a bunch of stuff. Uh, NBC also cancelling some shows here. They cancelled the Endgame after one season. Which I vaguely remember it premiering, like, last September, October time. But The usual time, then. Yeah. And then they cancelled Mr. Mayor after two seasons. That's the Ted Dancing comedy. Ah, he'll find work. And they've cancelled Keenan after two seasons. Keenan as in... Keenan and Kel, his uh, comedy they had. So that's their cancellations. What's notable though, and this is like a sequel to last week, because we had Legends of Tomorrow, maybe it was two weeks ago, but we had Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman get cancelled at CW. I think that was last week. And that's notable because CW tends to be quite a safe place where shows get to live for a long time. Not anymore! (laughs) Yes. I, I, I'm not going to obviously pull the list, but I, I, saw some of these earlier because it, it was big enough that you know yeah, it, it, it broke onto my Twitter feed. 
I also know that they've definitely ordered a few new things. So I guess they're really clearing house. They're clearing, yeah. Uh, so the forty four hundred been cancelled after one season. They only have one season. Yeah, Naomi cancelled after one season, and I think it ended on a cliffhanger. Uh, Charmed cancelled after four seasons. Roswell, New Mexico cancelled after four seasons. Which, by the way. The 4400 Charmed in uh, Roswell. What year is it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who cares? They're all cancelled now anyway. <laughs> if I actually, continuing that theme, uh, Dynasty cancelled after five seasons. <laughs> I think the other three go better together though because they were all airing around the same time originally, whereas Dynasty, I think it's older. So Yeah. yeah. The, other, the others, you're looking in that, that mid-90s, late-90s. Early 2000s. Are they that late? I mean, Charm started in the 90s, but Charm went up to like 2005 or something oh, like that. Oh, sure it did, but I mean, it started, like, I was saying late 90s in general. R Roswell was early 2000s, the 4400 was definitely early 2000s. Fair enough. Uh, they cancelled In the Dark, which hasn't aired its final season yet. Uh, that's that's airing over the summer, but uh, they've cancelled it, so they're still gone. So, so who cares? And they've also cancelled Legacies, which is the, the Vampire Diaries spinoff. Both of them are also four seasons. So they That's the end of all the vampire diary stuff now. Yeah, they can they, they they just wiped like their their slate. Like they've got All American and it's spin off coming back. They've got Superman and Lois and the Flash coming back, and uh, I guess technically Star Girl, but Star Girl may that may get cancelled, but it's still got its third season because it's in this set of weird you know summer period. Yeah, the only. Bright thing you can say about that is it didn't get cancelled with the uh, the other summer show that's yet to air. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah. That that could potentially a good, be a good sign, or they could just be waiting to see how it does again this season and make a choice. Oh, I'll there. tell you what else they have, and I I, I know what they have because uh, what my favorite tweet on this reminded oh, me. Oh, I'm not counting your shows here. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. This, this is a, re a returning show because uh, the tweet was uh, the CW's cancelling all their shows, so they've got the budget to send uh, the cast of Riverdale to space next season. <laughs> oh, yeah. How could I forget Riverdale? Yes, their yeah. most iconic show of all time. Riverdale's there. Uh, and then just one last to tag on here from another network. Uh, Hulu's cancelled Dollface, which I don't think is actually part of the upfront season. It just happens to be this same week. Because <laughs> it's Hulu. They just, you know, they, they don't play by that, that schedule that the, the, the main networks do. Yeah, so CW, I mean, there is like a lot of talk about the, the possible sale of CW, and there's a potential here that it's a lot more attractive a sale if there's not a lot of committed shows that are long-running like in, in the sale, so that may be part of the reason for this. Rather than the Discovery merger, it may actually be more about the sale of the network than it is that, but... It could be, yeah. Both of those things together at the same time, though, does make a really unstable ground, I would say. I, I feel bad for all these shows that are being ordered. Uh, they've got a, they've got a lot to try and you know prove yeah. their existence is worthy you know this coming year. And it's worth mentioning. I think pretty much everything on that list, none of them knew it was their last season. This was this is traditional cancellations in the sense that they all just have abruptly found out they're not coming back. Which so. is common in general in TV, but less so on CW. CW were good about avoiding that up until now. But again, this is a yeah. this is a real change in the guard and a change in the attitude, though. So uh, we're in a new world. I'm, I mean, I guess I'm just happy I I wasn't attached <laughs> to anything here, just so that I'm not upset. But well, at the end of the day, Riverdale's still going, so nothing else matters. 
Aye, alright. Alright, we'll move on to some other news. Uh, a couple of big trailers. Uh, one with a, well, both with premiere dates, actually. Uh, so, first up, Westworld. Season 4. And I'll be honest, I kind of forgot a Season 4 of Westworld was coming. It'd been so long, for a start. Been a couple of years. Kind of lost interest a little bit. Well, that's the thing. The back half of Season 3... The last, like, three, maybe four episodes specifically were pretty bad, and I just didn't care at the end anymore. To the point where we finished that season, I went, I don't think I care about another one. And that's not to say that I won't try season four. I will, but... Are, are you saying you don't care about what Rahumburum, whatever it was called, is is going to do? All, all that? I got forgot. <laughs> I can't remember I, that. It was something stupid like that. I could rem- I can remember how Dolores and Maeve's story kind of wrapped up, which is actually one of the weird things about this trailer. Someone's in the trailer that I thought was gone. <laughs> but, okay. you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch the trailer because, for the same reason I didn't watch the, like, the Stranger Things trailer. Like, at this point, unless it was a drastic shake-up, in the in the way that the trailers for season three were, honestly, I'm, I'm either going to watch it or I'm not. It's there's not really anything the trailer can do to convince me either way. The biggest problem with this trailer is that it remarkably looks. It's so season three looking, <laughs> like nothing feels different. It's actually kind of shocking. Like they've got a uh, you know, uh, it's a perfect day playing right, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, like it's cut, you know. There's a shot of like Aaron Paul like drinking on a roof, and I'm like, wasn't that a shot from season three? <laughs> Is he sat on like some scaffolding? No, no, it's the edge of a building. But it's like so yeah. similar to the same a similar shot that was in the trailer for season three. You see a couple of mechs walking around. I'm like, that this is it's almost like a remake of the season three trailer. It just happens to be all new shots. You know what's funny is is kind of you got away with that in season two because one, I think the western angle. The, the the more explicitly Western angle was, I don't want to say unique, but more unique in the current TV sphere, where a second season of being in the parks didn't feel like you needed a drastic shake-up in the same way. Whereas 3 was, yeah, it's a sci-fi scene. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, it's just more of the sci-fi scene. And, and that was not the most interesting back half of the season. So it, it's it's hard to... Without a, a big shift, it, it's hard to feel excited. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that it looks so similar to season three, the fact that it seems like it's not sticking to some things that it did, at least, at least you know, at a glance. Like there may be other reasons, but like I genuinely thought they were going to stick to something that they did at the end of season three. And on top of that, you know, like they, they did some weird things with some other characters. The Man in Black story in season three was pretty dire by the end, mm-hmm. and it seems like they're they're doing a lot with like whether we're going with that. So, I I, I am not excited, and th- this trailer did nothing to try and alleviate my. Th- this trailer played like we all still cared the same way we did at the end of season one, and I'm sure some people probably do, but I, I think a lot of people including us, felt very differently coming out of season three. Yeah, my one hope, I guess, is that they're taking a little bit longer on this season. Maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe an extra few passes at the writing room. Well, it's an eight-episode season, like season three, and it launches on the 26th of June. So that's the premiere date, 26th of June. That's Westworld season four. And then the other trailer we got... Uh, 
and this has got a release date of the 4th, oh wait, no, yeah, 14th of July. Yep. I second guess that there for a second because it's uh, like this this article from Deadline runs into saying it's set in 2036. And I, for a second, I thought, wait, is it saying it's set in July 14, 2036? Because it, it's fine. Anyway, so Resident Evil. The live Your action, most anticipated show of all time. <laughs> the live action Resident Evil show, and people who know me will know that I am a big fan of the Resident Evil games. This is your siren. <laughs> Shut up. Re- <laughs> and the property of Resident Evil has not been treated particularly well in adaptations. Uh, the live action movies were trash, of varying levels. It's cinematic gold, I think you'll find. They start. They started off bad. Went into trash quite quickly, and then by the end, were like toxic trash. Uh, the most recent movie, like, was more of a fan service thing. So I got a little bit of enjoyment out of it, but it wasn't a good movie. Like, I, I don't think I'll enjoy it on a second watch. Like, I, I, I appreciated being. Let's be honest. I appreciated being fluffed as fan service for for ninety minutes. Uh, the animated movies, eh? Then like. Um, so, and, you know, every time, because this is the thing, Resident Evil, to me, what Resident Evil was, is a relatively confined location, they're trapped with monsters, they have to survive the night, and that's the basis for Resident Evil, and nothing, nothing that they have made, (laughs) adaptation-wise, other than maybe the first movie, technically, has really tried to capture that. (laughs) None of them. Maybe this will be what breaks the trend. No, it isn't, because it's some weird dual timeline thing where Wesker's got two kids, and we see them as grown-ups in the future in 2036, and then also in present day when he's he's working on viruses and stuff. Do you not want another generic jump zombie show? <laughs> no, I don't want another. Like, Are you sure? Because you're getting one. There's like six walking deads. We don't need another generic zombie show. It's no, just These are like fast zombies, so it's fine. Like, I don't need adaptations of Resident Evil. It's, you know, like, it's a video game franchise. It can just be that. It doesn't need to have anything else. But it is shocking to me that this is going to be like, you know, we've we've had a series of six movies, then the other movie, there's been multiple anime films that I think are connected to each other, then there was that anime series that was on Netflix. This is like the fourth, like, separate, like, form of adaptation uh, for the screen. And none of them except for that last movie, I guess, but, like, none of them have really wanted to actually try and capture what Resident Evil is supposed to actually feel like. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I don't know why. It's uh, uh, my, my assumption is they've looked at it and gone, people don't actually like Resident Evil. It's a bit shit. We can do better. Is that is that what it is? is it? <sighs> uh, it's, the only, it's the only logical conclusion. Yes. Uh, I mean, the last movie did try to kind of adhere to things but it made like the opposite mistake of like trying to do the first two games in one movie and it's like super rushed and therefore there's like barely any tension or atmosphere it just it's not it's a whole yeah I, so no i'm not excited the trailer looks honestly pretty generic if you took the name resident evil off it and just said it was a zombie show i would say it looks kind of generic maybe it's worth a shot to see if it's any good but i wouldn't expect much you add the name Resident Evil onto it, I'm going, why Why is this Resident Evil? Like, just change the... Change to West, make you watch it. Change Wesker's name and just... 
Because, you know, I, I like Lance Reddick. He's a great actor. But uh, you're more likely to watch it if it's called Resident Evil. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Morbid curiosity. It's the opposite. The patrons are more likely to vote for it because it's called Resident Evil because they expect <laughs> me to be angry about it, but... <laughs> you will be angry about it. They will make you watch it. Uh, that's July 14th for Resident are, Evil. Are they making you watch Kenobi this month? Aye. Yes. Just the, just the Good pilot. Luck, just the pilot. No more. Uh, that's, that's what they all say. Just the pilot. I'll watch it anymore. Um, Alright, next up. Let's get with this, this business. Uh, so we have, I assume, uh, I, I don't know if these are technically replacements, but we know a bunch of cast members left the, the boys spin-off, and we got three new cast members uh, coming in. So we got Patrick Schwarzenegger, we got Sean Patrick Thomas, and Marco Pagosi. Um Now, Arnold's son, Patrick, I actually have seen in a movie, um, and I'm freaking... Daniel isn't real? Daniel wasn't? No, I'm forgetting the title. He's like he's like the evil imaginary friend of the main character in like a in this horror movie that I did on streams. Is uh, he any good? He was actually pretty good on it, yeah. Uh, he, he's nothing like Arnold, though. Like, he doesn't look like him, he doesn't sound like him. <laughs> like, like he's... That's a little bit disappointing, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Whereas Arnold's illegitimate son that he had with the maid, uh, like, looks like a... like an Arnold. <laughs> he, he looks like you can tell that he's an Arnold. <laughs> It's, it's it's kind of funny. Anyway, um, yeah, he's got kind of a you know, he's kind of like a skinny sort of tall guy. He's he's very different in build to Arnold. Okay, yeah, uh, but yeah, they, they've been cast. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, Schwartzy will play Golden Boy apparently. Uh, so Patrick Thomas will play Polarity. And Picozzi will play Doctor Cardoza. So we're getting these. These are some very X Men sounding names. This is the the Academy University. Yeah, right? the college. Sort of. Which was yeah. always kind of described as the boys' take on X Men. Yeah. Which, so yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, it's um, you know, the boys is a very satirical of superhero content, so they're allowed to be a bit on the nose with it. That's kind of yeah. It's kind of a shtick. I, I mean, I mean, look, look, look at the seven. They are the Justice League. There's the, there's no yeah. getting around that that comparison. So uh, worth mentioning. So there you go. Uh, the other thing worth mentioning is a little bit of Netflix news. Is that apparently they're hoping to launch their ad supported tier by the end of the year, and that rhymed. I didn't mean that, but it means that there will, in theory, be a cheap option that'll have ads. Is this official now, then? Because obviously this has been rumoured for a while. Uh, I mean, I think it's as good as official, yeah. Apparently, uh, they have been signalling to their employees that the rollout will be by the end of 2022. Okay. So, I don't know if you can take that as an official announcement per se, but the fact that they're telling their employees means it's pretty... Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the cards. Oh, this has... It's been a long time coming, I guess, because Hulu's been kind of doing this model for a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not surprised. I think it's because they realise that they've made their service like twice the price of most of the other streaming services, and they need to do something about it. Yep, uh, it it's not for me. I think uh, personally, I'd rather just pay more for in in general for services, not specifically Netflix. I'd rather uh, yeah, just pay more and not if, have ads. If I actually want the service, if I care about the service, then yes. Yeah, I'd 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 rather go all in and pay for it as opposed to oh, I'll I'll pay for a cheap tier with ads. My questions about this are. 
with their cheap tier with ads, is that going to be just okay? You you get the basic level of like you know whatever the two screens and just 1080p is and you know and and you have the ads or basic, is it basics not 1080 basic has sd does it i thought they got rid of that well i mean the last time i checked it was like basic was sd the middle tier was hd and then the the big one was 4k i did not re realize that i thought they got rid of the yes cheapest one okay fair enough i think i think, I think they have the cheek to call it good quality better quality and best quality, I would debate. <laughs> oh, no, you're right, yeah. 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 I, it'd have to be the HD one. It'd have to be. Yeah, which... So, the cheapest one is £6.99, which is one device in SD. SD. <laughs> which is the which they actually call the standard subscription. So okay. the, the six nine nine is already, like, a cheaper option. All right, okay. So the 1099 is the standard, which is HD, two devices at a time, and then 1599 is premium, which is the, the, the 4K and up to four devices. At I time. don't know. I mean, if they want to go super complex with it, they could have an ad version of each of those three that takes off, you know, however much. You just cut like yeah. 30%, 40%, whatever, whatever internal you know, thing they've chosen as like, oh, it's going to be X amount cheaper. Obviously, it's probably not feasible for them given their costs and why they're charging so much in the first place, but I feel like free with ads is an interesting offer versus paying, but paying some with still getting ads when you can get other streaming services without ads for what I assume is going to be about the same price uh, is going to be a dodgy proposition, I think, to some people, but no, I'll be really interested to see how intense the ads are. Is it going to be just before and after shows? Or is it going to be, here's an ad break in the middle of your show that they decide where it is? I have to imagine there's going to be at least one or two ad breaks. And then like an hour-long thing. Right, which you can get away with with a lot of TV because people, by and large, are still accustomed to that. You start throwing in ad breaks in the middle of a movie, mm. people like that a lot less. That said, though, I've, I've watched stuff on Tubi. And, you know, they put the ads in, and it's fine. You know, it's, but I mean, that's a free service, so you don't, you don't complain. But, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't really want it either, but yeah, it's kind of a big deal that they're, they're going this route um, in a bid to try and, you know, save themselves. But, hey. Uh, so, on to the new shows. Uh, we'll start off with the, the one comedy I've got on the list here. NBC uh, have ordered to series a multi-camera comedy called Lopez vs. Lopez. Um. Yeah. Obviously, they 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 got Quantum Leap ordered last week, so so they're kind of ahead of everyone else. I assume we're going to get a lot of series orders next week from all the other networks. But yeah. Uh, so yeah. Here we go. Uh, it comes from the Connors duo of Bruce Helford and Debbie Wolf. It is a working class family comedy about dysfunction, reconnection, and the pain and joy in between. Uh, George Lopez and Mayan Lopez star alongside uh, Selena Sleva, Bryce Gonzalez, and Matt Shelby. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a father-daughter uh, duo. They're going to be in it. So, yeah. Which at least means the chemistry, the father-daughter chemistry should be natural. Natural and feel real and all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah. It is a multi-camera comedy, though, which, you know, these days I don't tend to gravitate towards. No, probably not. But you, you never know. Maybe it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's cool. 
So yeah, all the dramas though, we do have a lot more things to talk about here. Some of it fairly meaty. Uh, so this first article is three CW orders. Uh, so we'll we'll talk about these. Um, first of all, we have Gotham Knights. Uh, I'd say this isn't surprising, but after all the stuff they did cancel, it's this maybe a little more surprising than it would have been. <laughs> Yeah, we were speculating, I think, last week that maybe they were looking at getting out of the superhero game, but mm. clearly not. They're just, you know, whatever the, those projects were, weren't working out for them. Maybe they want a fresh start. Yeah, uh, it picks up the aftermath of Bruce Wayne's murder with his rebellious adopted son forging an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they're all framed for the killing the Cape, Cape Crusader. Oh God, I hate this premise. <laughs> This is such a CW premise. I, I love the idea of a Gotham Knights show, but I hate the, 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 the premise they've actually got for this one. As the city's most wanted criminals, the renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names, but in a Gotham with no Dark Knight to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. However, hope comes from the most unexpected places, as this team of mismatched fugitives will become the next generation of saviors known as the Gotham Knights. Like, I think as a, as a fan of the comics, like, I hear Gotham Knights and I'm thinking Dick, Babs, Tim, so on, so on. So the idea that it's going to be one Robin... And Which one do we think? They don't say, I mean, I mean, the one that would fit the most is Jason, probably. Maybe Damien at a push. But... I yeah. don't know. Like, I don't trust them to make the right choice. Like, <laughs> this could be Tim. This could be terrible. <laughs> in fact I'm willing to bet it probably will be in fact it says adopted son so I basically rules out Damien that does rule out Damien because right. he's, not, he's not adopted he actually is his son so hmm, hmm. Mm. it's just going to be dick isn't it because that'll be the one that most people will potentially recognise I would say yes except for the fact that because titans exist they might not <laughs> uh, yeah but they've got all three of the robins on there is Tim on there? Yeah, I'm sure Tim's on there now. Okay, well, fair enough. All right, well, there you go. Uh, okay, well, the next thing is the Walker prequel, Walker Independence. That's right. Their Walker show, which I guess they're keeping. I guess that's one of the things that I assume has been renewed then, uh, is their Walker show with uh, the dude from Supernatural, whose name I'm forgetting. Uh, so... Walker Independence, written by Seamus Fahey, based on a story by him and Anna Fricke, uh, directed by Larry Tang. It's set in the late 1800s, and it follows Abby Walker, played by Catherine McNamara, which actually, what's funny about this is that she was going to star in the uh, the Canaries show. Arrow spin-off, yeah. Yeah, and I, I do wonder if, like... I don't know which way around it might have been, but I do wonder if there's a connection here in that they really liked her in that show, and when that fell through, they immediately went, hey, we've got another idea for you, because we want you on a show. Or, if part of the choice to not do that is because they thought, oh, she'd be better fit for this even. Mm, I'm going to say not that option, because former, I think that okay. was that was just a bit too long ago now that I think this would have interfered with those plans. I think it was more, we like her, we'll, we'll, we'll essentially keep her on retainer, and when a project mm. comes up, We'll give her a call. She, she, she's I think a, that's more likely. She's a very CW actor. And I don't mean that as an insult. I just mean she's young, she's attractive, she's got the kind of the bubbly kind of vibe they like in their actors. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, she seemed like a perfectly solid actor. But... Yeah. 
She was in the uh, the the Immortals TV show before Arrow, which was terrible. Oh, oh yeah, Shadow okay. City, City of Bones, Shadow of Bones, yeah, whatever yeah. it's called. I remember. Yeah. Um. Not holding her responsible for that either. I'm not, but I just you know it, she jumped from free form to CW. It's a very <laughs> natural. It's a sideways move. Progression, yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, set in the 1800s, follows Abby Walker, an affluent Bostonian whose husband is murdered before her eyes while on their journey out west. On her quest for revenge, Abby crosses paths with Hoyt Rollins, a lovable rogue in search of purpose. Abby and Hoyt's journey takes them to Independence, Texas, where they encounter diverse, eclectic residents running from their own troubled past and chasing their dreams or well becoming agents of change themselves in the small town. Well, that sounds pretty typical, but, I mean, I guess if you're enjoying Walker, you probably, it's just more, well, right? Just in a different time period. I would argue it's a little bit different, and I guess what I appreciate, I'm not going to watch it, but what I appreciate about this is that at least someone said, oh, Walker is a popular, why don't we do that, but a Western? That's basically what this is. So at least the yeah. the genre is kind of... I mean, I'm sure some of the plots will be similar, but, like, putting it in a Western setting does inherently change a lot of the details. No, that's, that's, that's fair. I, I assume Walker is set roughly present day? I, I don't know, actually, but I think it's exactly present day. Okay, is it? Okay. I, I don't actually know. I haven't watched a single well, second I, of it. I don't know for sure either. I'm assuming it's present day. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do a, a sequel series next year called uh, Walker uh, 2162. <laughs> that is like on a space station. It's, it's it's Walker, but on a space station. Oh, you, you know that some executives got that filed down for future note. Like, yeah, okay. Should should the Walker franchise continue to be a success? Yes. Next, go to future. I thought last week, because obviously the original show that, it, that this, this was a reboot of, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, Walker Space Ranger. Oh, that's good. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's your show. Yeah. I, dem I demand royalties, CW. <laughs> you demand uh, royalties. Yes. So we have a, a, a DC spinoff y. Well, it's not really a spinoff, but you know what I mean? It's a DC property. We have a prequel to Walker. And then the third show is a prequel to Supernatural. The Winchesters, which we heard was in development a while ago, uh, has been ordered to series. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Supernatural is the CW's baby, right? I I, I do love that the, the, the brothers and Supernatural split up into different shows, and now Jensen Eccles is, is actually producing this and is going to narrate it, because it's going to be like... It's about their parents, right? It's, so it's a prequel about mm. their parents when they were younger fighting he's monsters. he's telling the story. Yeah, he's telling the story. So so they've got him in there a little bit uh, in that role, uh, and obviously Walker is the other guy, uh, Jared something something, Padalecki. Uh, so, yeah, this is funny to me that they're, they're kind of like they've got CW by the balls. They're, they've cancelled everything else, but their two shows are are safe. Joe, uh, uh, you know power to them. They they start off as like they were the the typical hot young CW lead actors, right? Yes. And now they're the the grizzled veterans, essentially, you know, leading the charge of this new series. They're still well, going. The show was on for fifteen years. They started off in their mid twenties, and now they're both in their forties. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> hey, power to them! Steady paychecks, you know, for, for oh, yeah. like two decades at this point, damn near. I mean, Supernatural started in two thousand five. I was sixteen that year, and then when Supernatural finished, I was already thirty. 
<laughs> like that's the time span that show was on. <laughs> when that finished, it was like half of your life. Give yeah, it, it was literally half of my life at the time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got nothing on The Simpsons, which is literally my ha- entire life. But that's yeah, know. yeah. But that's true for anyone born yeah. after 1989. No, I was gonna say probably a pretty solid percentage of the world's population at this point. Oh, that's that's a scary thought. Uh, Alright, next up. I actually didn't see this earlier in the week. I, this is the sort of thing I would assumed I would have seen when it when it hit the news, but I didn't. I just didn't. Okay, go on. And that is the fact that AMC is developing an Alan Wake TV show. How the hell did I not see this either? Yeah. So Alan Wake, of course, is a video game uh, that came out uh, over a decade now. But just recently, the original developer has uh, announced they're working on a sequel. Part of this is because they are now uh, they're more independent than they used to be, because they used to be tied specifically to Microsoft at first, and then... I think there were some IP rights issues as well. Yeah, there was a remaster eventually, just a couple of years ago, and it, was, it wasn't too long after that they said, you know, we're going to work on a sequel, we can do it now. So... Yeah, this is uh, uh, interesting. Um, Honestly, this is not surprising. The surprising thing is it hasn't happened sooner because that that game was very inspired by Twin Peaks. Uh, Twin Peaks and Stephen King. Those are, those are the yeah. two things. And maybe it's just what you what you just said. It's that it was the IP issues. Like you know, if there's no clear owner, then it's hard to kind of make a show of it. Uh, so yeah, it was first released in the 360 and PC back in 2010. So yeah, 12 years old, the original game. Um, the game follows thriller novelist Alan Wake. Get it? A Wake. See, 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 see the, mm-hmm. just, just for people who have that. Uh, hey, spoilers. <laughs> uh, so he seeks to uncover the truth behind his wife's mysterious disappearance in the fictional town of Bright Falls, Washington. Uh, while investigating, Alan finds key events from his latest work coming to life. Uh, the way the game kind of works is that, uh, like, the enemies that pop up, like, they, they, like, get stunned by light and then he shoots them. The funny thing is, is that I think you could easily take most of the combat out of it for the sake of a TV show. Because it doesn't have to, I wouldn't say that strengths are in its combat, you know, the strengths are in kind of the weirdness and the, the mystery and all that stuff. It is, but you can definitely have actiony pieces with, like, yes. and, and I can see it being, you know, potentially you can have some really strong direction and playing with the lighting. Right, you know, because it's very just dist- like you know, okay, they need to stay in the shadows, and where do you position oh, your light? Sure. Like, I c- I can see that being really effective. You can do a lot of good horror stuff with that. I actually didn't love the game. I only ever got so far in it because I I found it a little bit tedious to play, uh, despite the fact that it's seemingly been up my alley to begin with. But I, think, I think it's it's a bit clunky to play, but yeah. I love the vibe. I think one of the things that because uh, because I think one of the things that you rob sometimes when you try to adapt a video game, and this is a problem I think Resident Evil hits. And you know, we were talking about those adaptations earlier. Is it so much of what that game is, or at least was, and its first like big period of its life cycle was the you know the idea of conservation and having limited ammo and limited resources and having to like make it do, and how thrilling it was to find more of it. And well, that's technically in games like Alan Wake. I don't think it's as tied to its DNA. I don't think that's what you think of when you think of that game. Yeah, it, it was pretty... It was essential in the gameplay because it was... Especially like things like batteries. Yeah. The flashlight was really limited and stuff like that. But I think the setting and the vibe 
and uh, the mystery kind of overshadowed a lot of the actual gameplay elements in in a way that maybe it doesn't in Resident Evil. To not that Resident Evil doesn't have atmosphere or vibe, but oh yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is, is with Resident Evil, I think if you take away the variety in the creatures, and inevitably every adaptation does, because in a video game you play, you know, for X number of hours. There's room to have, okay, your regular zombies, then zombie dogs, and then there's like five different types of bosses or like sub-bosses and you, things. you got progression for yeah. challenge reasons. You can't really do that in a movie, right? Or even a TV... I mean, a TV show, you get obviously more time, but even in a TV show, you find yourself not wanting to do all of them because it'd be too much. And I feel like that kind of robs it a little bit of part of what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil. I think Alan Wake, and... Part of, this was part of the problem as a game, actually, was that I felt it was very repetitive with the enemies. But mm-hmm. in a TV show or a movie, that's not actually that big of a problem because you won't have as many of them. Because in a game, you have to have waves and waves of them constantly because it's a game. You have to be doing something. But you don't have to do that in a movie or a TV show. So I think for certain games, when you try to adapt, I mean, you take that element out, you kind of rob it of what makes it feel like that game. I don't think... That, like, in the same way that... And I've not seen the Uncharted movie, and I'm not expecting it to be good. But the same way with Uncharted, I would think that would rob Uncharted of what makes Uncharted good. No, but also I'm shocked you didn't rush out to see that already. (laughs) Shut up. Got that Mark Wahlberg. Um, (laughs) He's he's your favourite actor on the planet. Yeah. I mean, the the other argument, of course, there, and maybe this is more even applies to Last of Us, which will be a really interesting test to see what that HBO show is like, is that... I don't feel that needs an adaptation because the the storytelling was so cinematic and emotional in the game anyway that I don't think it needs a TV show. But I'm curious to see what they do with it, just to, as a you know, as as an exercise more than anything else. But uh, yeah. I, I no, I, I do think this you know, Alan, I think it will fit very nicely on TV. I think it's I I can see this working really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it was split into chapters, which they did kind of treat like episodes almost in the yeah. in the game i don't know if each one would be actually translate to an episode of a tv show i don't think there was enough in them but doesn't really matter it varied chapter to chapter yeah. right um i do think the first episode would probably be very similar to the start of the game though which would be arriving in the town on the boat uh getting to know some of the locals and then the wife disappears probably like halfway through the episode uh, something like that i i could see you just build up the wife a little bit more at the start and mm-hmm. end the episode with the wife's disappearance yeah i could see that so all right there you go that's alan wake's been developed uh where was that again that's amc developing that okay yeah okay i can see it there yeah that's cool all right next up so technically there's a news of a cancellation of sorts in this story but it's tied to a, a new show being developed as well so uh amazon's jack ryan uh season four which they're currently shooting will be its last one Apparently, it's not surprising. A big budget, you got a big star. Uh, he wants to go off and do other things. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a director, he's a creative guy. Uh, but apparently, they are developing a spin off, uh, with Michael Pena. And this is bit, uh, around another character in the Jack Clancy universe, uh, Ding Chavez. And they're looking to develop a show for him to star as that character. Uh, I mean, Tom Clancy. Uh, you, I mean, you said Jack Clancy, so I don't know if you meant Jack Reacher or Tom Clancy. I meant Jack Ryan. Brian. Because that's what the show is we're talking about. <laughs> uh, too many Jack shows on Amazon. Is Jack Reacher Amazon? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, well, okay, that's Amazon's fault for having too many Jack Reachers then. I mean, admittedly, they have just call it Reacher, not Jack Reacher, but still, the, the point stands. Yeah. It's because it says Clancy's Jack Ryan, I just fudged what word that was. Yeah, using. yeah, I was like, I didn't, know, I didn't know if you meant, like, specifically the Jack Ryan universe, like, the, the yes. or just the Tom Clancy mythos at large. No, specifically Jack mythos. Ryan, specifically Jack Ryan, okay. as, a, as a Ding Chavez character. Yes. Okay. Uh, and he's going to be introduced. Um, yeah, in fact, season three is not even aired yet. Uh, he's going to be introduced in season three, which is not aired, and then he's going to be a full time character in season four. So they're they're kind of like seeding this nicely. It's not even a backdoor pilot. It's, it's kind of like he gets a you know, he gets a little t- you get a taste of him next season, and then you get a full season of him being around, and then by that point, maybe. You'll be like, oh, okay, we want more of this guy now. And 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 if people really don't like this guy, they can cancel it because they've got loads of warning. True, yeah, they got they got some time. That said, though, they've been shooting these quite far ahead. So maybe, maybe by the time season four, uh, Jack Ryan's airing, maybe, maybe they've already shot two seasons of this show. It's very possible, yeah. <laughs> oh, putting all the eggs in one basket. So uh, that's the thing. Uh, next up, Jason Wallenier who is the director of Borat, subsequent movie film. Which was surprisingly fun. I, I would say not only was it surprisingly fun, I, I would say that it had a very strong... Not that the first film wasn't satire, because it was, but I feel like there was more of a heart to the satire in, in the second film that had more of a, an arc. It did, yeah. So I, I actually, having the, uh, the daughter character really yeah. kind of step out. And, but basically, what I'm saying is it was a better as a film. Like the first, the first one had a lot of funny stuff in it, but the second one functioned more as a movie. Uh, That's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so he's uh, he's got a straight to series order from Peacock. Will Peacock throwing the money around? Yeah, it's a it's a very mysterious project. It's untitled, and they're keeping a lot of it secretive. But um, it's apparently a mind bending project that mixes fact and fiction to tell a bizarre and incredible tale. Hmm. Okay. That's... They're being very cagey about that. Yeah, I'm and not entirely a, sure why. There's a, weird part, there's a weird part here at the end of this paragraph, which it makes it sound like it says, apparently has been shooting for more than a decade, which makes it sound like he's actually been filming stuff on his own time for a decade that is going to be incorporated into this, which makes me wonder, like, clearly his work on Borat makes me think, okay, some of it's going to be reality based or at the very That's least the thing, is is it sasha baron cohen style where you know mixing fact and fiction i think yeah. was the phrase they had there where he is you know a character in the real world but they're also saying main bending which makes me think it will actually be mysterious whatever it is rather than just being a comedy like like Boraz. yeah so i mean intriguing i mean this is a thing where there wasn't a lot of info on it but because it was coming from the director of borat and then the description as much as vague as it is was intriguing that i felt worth putting it that. is which I mean, credit to their marketing department for being able to make something this vague, intriguing, based off of those details. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we got Never Let Me Go, which was already adapted into a movie starring Carrie Mulligan, Kira Knightley, and Andrew Garfield. Uh, FX is now developing it as a TV show with a writer from The Nevers, Melissa Iqbal. Uh, I've never heard of the movie, to be honest, even though I know all those actors. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, well, this is a description for those of you who have not seen it, like myself. 
Uh, as children, Kathy, Ruth, and Tommy were students at Hailsham, an exclusive boarding school in the secluded English countryside. It was, oh yeah, they are all English actors. I think we thought of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it was a place of uh, mercurial cliques. Um, yeah, mercurial? Uh, and mysterious rules where teachers were constantly reminding their charges of how special they were. Now, years later, Kathy, as a young woman, uh, Ruth and Tommy have re-entered her life, and for the first time, she is beginning to look back at her shared past and understand just what it uh, what it is that makes them special and how that gift will shape the rest of their time together. I got very little of a plot out of that. That was. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was very vague. That was very dry. Not, not in the not in the good, interesting way. The last one no. was vague. Um, I think it's funny to see you know this being uh, picked up. Um, we had a time traveler's wife. Oh yeah, which uh, by the way, the early uh, Rotten Tomatoes on that it's not looking so hot. Or was it Metacritic? What one of them's in the thirties? I don't know which one it was, but one of them was in the thirties. Okay, but again, I you know from a similar style of like hey you know the, the, there was this film adaptation of this you know type of movie and you know we're gonna we're gonna give it another try on tv M- maybe this one will be more successful i don't know mm. not that i think those movies were particularly unsuccessful but yeah uh moving on uh australian author uh dervla or dervla maybe mctiernan whose last two novels uh were international bestsellers it's got a new book called The Murder Rule, a thriller novel that's been published uh, soon by William Morrow. has uh, now been optioned to FX, so it's another FX uh, show. Which, you know, they seem to be doing a lot of this, like, sort of, like, trying to b- get into that prestige. And th- not to say that they haven't achieved it in certain places, but they seem to be inching more towards that as time goes on. Uh, so the book focuses on an idealistic law student who is an outsider to her peers. Working with her elite campus uh, prestigious Innocence Project represents the high point of everything that she is sacrificed for. But in a twisted mother-daughter story, she soon reveals that underneath her do-gooder image lie, lies rules pounded into her by mum. The last one is Make Them Pay. The author's past novels include The Good Turn and The Sisters. Okay, that sounds fine, generic, mm. but maybe with some strong direction, you know, uh, that this this could be half decent. Uh, yeah. Um, so, cool. That, 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 that description there, obviously this is for an FX show, so I've got, okay, I kind of, I see where they're going. If you'd get, read me that exact same description and told me it was a, I don't know, an NBC show, I'd have a very different image in my head. Mm. Well, that's true. You, I think that happens with a lot of different networks. You you get a like. You tell me, oh, this show about uh, a, a bunch of cops try to like take down this this drug lord. You tell me that's on NBC. I think Police Procedural. You tell me it's on HBO, and I'm thinking The Wire. There's there's a very right. different feeling to them. That there is context of where it's going. That that does matter, and I think that changes my. My perception and my potential excitement. Yeah. Uh, next up, Jennifer Lopez's company is producing a TV version of the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Okay. 
that's what you know more about what, this. What, what version of Cinderella is this? Uh, a very musical based one, by the sounds of it. Uh, okay. I mean, is it the one from recently? That was, was that Cinderella? With um, Camilla Cabello in? That was like a year or two ago? Uh, I don't know. Uh, one of Rodgers and Hammerstein's most popular titles, Cinderella, was originally written for television debut in 1957, starring Julie Andrews. It was nominated for an Emmy. Mm. More than 100 million viewers saw the broadcast. More people in any program history of television at that time. Cinderella was remade for TV in 1965, starring Leslie Ann Warren. Uh, a fellow television remake followed in 1997 with Brandy Cinderella. Uh... Sounds like just another version of Cinderella, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never heard of any of these as a TV show. I've only seen, you know, various movie adaptations. And yeah, like I said that was that that one I mentioned was the most recent musical, like you know, heavily musical version. I, and think of. I don't know if I said this at the start, but this is a limited series. This has been built as, which makes sense. You know, I've been, and it has to be. Yeah. yeah what would season two be? She's lost There's a, another glass slipper. She's lost another slipper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, what better way to finish off the news than a trio of CBS series orders? Go on, then. Let's get this over with. They're giving three orders to uh, five of their their pilots. So they had five drama pilots up for grabs. Three of them have been ordered. They are Fire Country, East New York, and So Help Me Todd. That's a good title. That is a good title. Fire Country um, and East New York are really generic sounding. They are, I, and uh, I, I, like, if I was, if I was guessing, uh, CBS first one's a, a fire department show, the second one's a cop show. The third one, I don't actually know, and I, I, I'm probably wrong about the other two, but CBS have trained me to expect this. Well, Fire Country, here's the description: seeking redemption and a shortened prison sentence. Young convict Bode Donovan joins a firefighting program that yes. returns him to his small Northern California hometown. Oh, oh, That's a drinking oh, yeah. rule now. That is a drinking rule. Where he and other inmates work alongside elite firefighters to extinguish massive blazes across the region. Uh, it's inspired by uh, the, the, the showrunner's experiences growing up in Northern California fire country. So there you go. That's that. I was hoping they did on a personal thing at the end there to get you a second. I was waiting. Yeah. I was like, are they, they going to give me the double? <laughs> All right. East New York. Yes, what's, what's this about? Uh, Regina Haywood is a newly promoted deputy inspector of East New York, a working class neighborhood at the edge of Brooklyn. She am, leads I, a- am I two for two here? Uh, she leads fire, a... Diver- fire department. Deputy inspector. That's got to be police, right? Aye. Oh, to, oh, you mean your guesses? I, I was, I was thinking yeah. drinking rules. Oh, yeah, whatever, no, sure. No, no, just in, in terms of eg- exactly what I thought they were by the title. Yeah. She leads a diverse group of officers and detectives, some of whom are reluctant to deploy her creative methods of serving and protecting in the midst of social upheaval and the early seeds of gentrification. So. Oh, they gave me nothing. Nah, but they gave you CBS going to deliver on being generic with their titles and... I know exactly what the shows are just from that. Hmm. I, th- I think you're going to be disappointed that that so helped me talk. What, what that is? Uh, it, it's. I, I wasn't expecting a good show. I was just. It's mm. a good title. Here's a description. 
Despite their opposing personalities, a talented but directionalist PI, who is the black sheep of his family, begrudgingly agrees to work as the in-house investigator for his overbearing mother, a successful attorney reeling from the recent dissolution of her massage, her massage, or marriage. <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um, that one's a bit funny and personal and professional because it's inherently just kind of baked into it because it's mother and son. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there was any wording in there that was like getting at it more yeah, than no, just no. premise. No, no, but it's a legal drama with a mother and son duo. Yeah, I, I, I can't say I'm surprised that I'm disappointed by what the show is because, of course, it is. But I couldn't have told you what that was based on that title. I mean, don't be wrong. I'm not sure it's a legal drama at CBS. It'll be terrible. But at least, at least it had a smart title. I would like a sitcom called "So Help Me Zod." It's like Zod and his oh. family. Oh my god! Yes, I'd watch that. That that is a HBO Max animated show. Just waiting to happen. Hey, just to bring all this back, right? I talked about a lot of CW shows earlier. I talked about Supernatural. Best line ever in Supernatural is an episode where there's like an evil kid who has superpowers and he like controls his parents and his name's Todd. And there's a moment in the show where he tells someone to kneel before Todd and it, it made me burst out laughing. Like, I, I was howling at the reference. <laughs> oh, <that's> <sighs> I, I mean, I've never really watched Supernatural, but I don't think it was ever really... Like, I don't think it was like bad... Oh, no. show, right? for, for what it was doing, for, it was... The first five seasons are absolutely worth watching. Uh, it, it wasn't terrible after that, it just it was like, okay, then there's ten more seasons of <laughs> just... And, and it has its fans all the way to the end, right? And uh, you know, I'm sure it's probably perfectly half-decent to the genre CW TV show. Yeah, a, a bunch of like teen and preteen girls who were all in at least their mid to late 20s by the time it finished. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're all super into it, and that's fine. Uh, yeah. So cool. But there you go. That is that is all the, the news for the week. Um, so there you go. You can let us know what your favorite story of the week was and what you're most excited for. Um, I know for Connor, it's one of those CBS shows. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> if I'm being serious, it's probably Alan Wake. Uh, that stands to reason. I can't really argue with that. Um, yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably Alan Wake. That wasn't necessarily my favorite one to talk about, but yeah, it's probably the one that's the most likely to be good. So yeah, um, there you go. That's TV news. Let us know what you thought of all the stories in the comments. Like, subscribe, ding the bell for notification, and remember, record this on Thursday night. So if there's big news on Friday, it'll be in next week's episode. Uh, Assuming you remember to go back that far. Oh, I will. I'll, I'll be good. I'll go back. Suffering season. Mm, I'll do better. that. But yeah, that is us. So go to Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. You can support us over there. Support all the content. Keep it all coming. Um, I know people are happy that news is, is consistent and back. Uh, happy to provide it. So uh, thank yeah, you very you, much. You get a few more weeks. <laughs> very funny. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?